Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. We have... The legend Kenny Florian in studio, and when I say legend, I, I mean it. I really mean it. Uh, as well as Tyler Bow. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors first. Decipher. It's a lifestyle firm designed to help you reach your full potential through personal coaching. People, everyone needs a personal coach. Everyone can benefit from feedback and an outside perspective. Decipher is bringing true, affordable personal coaching to everybody. Take the first steps towards success. Call them today at 1-888-731-COACH and book your free coaching session. That's 1-888-731-2622. Fighters, when I say everyone needs a coach, I meant everybody. Decipher, D-I-Cypher, has helped fighters learn how to pull the trigger in fights, how to deal with octagon jitters, and even help fighters set themselves up for success after fighting and much, much more. So call them, you get a free session. And if you actually book more sessions, uh, you get 10% off if you use the code ROASTED. That's di-cipher.com, 1-888-731-2622. Also, tip a fighter. Look, fighters are underpaid. How many times you talk to fighters, they're working three jobs, they're personal trainers, they're tow truck drivers, who knows what else they're doing, okay? Well, we can make a difference by giving the fighters money directly. Tip a fighter. You like the way a, fight, you, a fighter wins you money? You want to uh, reward that guy? You can throw that fighter money. Fighters, you're in there anyway. No reason why you shouldn't be picking up extra cash. So go to tipafighter.com at tipafighter. Listen, we got to get these fighters more money. The more money they have, better camps they have, the happier they are. Everyone's happier. So throw these guys money. It could be 10 bucks, could be 20 bucks, could be $100. Give the guy a thousand bucks. I tell you, if Holly Holmes would tip a fighter, she'd be a millionaire right now. So. Also, American Icon Autographs, AIASE.com, the best sports and celebrity memorabilia and events, signed collectibles from the UFC, WWE, baseball, football, movies, everything else in between. Past signings have included Mike Tyson, Fedor, Sakuraba, Rampage, Big Nog, Hoist Gracie, Marlouz Conan, and more. Check out their website. Find out who's signing next. Go to check out their events, meet the celebrities, build your man cave. AIASE.com. The guy Sean is a great, great guy. Also, next week, I will be performing at the Stratosphere, the LA Comedy Club, Tuesday through Sunday. Come check me out. Me, I'm having a good week. I've been filming my TV show. It's me, D Ray Davis. If you know D Ray, Michael Blackson, uh, Brandon T. Jackson, Lavelle Crawford. Uh, it's a great show. I can't say what network it's on yet, okay, but I can tell you those people are involved, as well as Eric Rivera. And it's been a blast. Uh, although, I, I have to say, when you're around guys like like D-Ray or Lavelle and they're talking about the money they make on the road, mm-hmm. I feel like a complete loser. Uh, <laughs> I, I was feeling really good until they were like, yeah, I just did a door deal and walked away with X amount of money. And I'm like, Jesus, I, I got to get my shit together. Um, it's crazy when you can – I know some guys. One of my buddies opens for D-Ray all the time, and he makes better money opening for D-Ray than a lot of guys do closing clubs. It's amazing. Right? I mean, it's amazing how good you could feel at certain levels. Like, like when I did – the first time I did the uh, Tonight Show, I was on with Bill Maher. 
And uh, and Bill Maher went on. Then I went on, and I'm, I'm making Bill Maher and Leno laugh. And I'm like, it's probably like the highest I've ever felt as a comic. And then afterwards, Bill Maher's like, oh, you're really funny. I go, thanks for laughing, Bill Maher, because he was laughing at my jokes. He goes, laughter's not voluntary. I go, hey man, do you still love doing comedy? He's like, well, I wouldn't do it if I if I didn't love it. Yeah. He goes. It's a lot easier when you have your own jet. Yeah. And, and, and at that point, I was like, I'm sitting there between Leno and Bill Maher. And then he goes, Jay, when was the last time you flew a commercial? He's like, hmm, I think uh, China. And I'm like, man, I, 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 this is not a conversation that I really feel <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's, you know, I was trying to like, this is just, this, there's certain times that just remind you how low on the totem pole you are. Uh, well, those guys are like the top 1% of the. Yeah, yeah I know. But, but, but yeah, jets. but you do Leno, you're like, oh, this is it. And then, the guy says it's easier when you have your own jet, uh, and then, uh, but but yeah. So what uh, what a little else things going on? Also, I uh, we uh, you know wrestling season started again. It's the second semester, yeah. and we have a girl on the team. Lauren, uh, kids are funny. I was actually, because these kids refuse to wear headgear in practice. And I tell them, guys, I go, guys, wear your headgear. I have cauliflower ear. This is after surgery. You don't want to get cauliflower ear. And one kid's like, I heard that uh, kids give themselves cauliflower ear to spook out their opponents. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. Uh, but, but thank you. It's- Dude, I, if I could go back in time, I would not wear headgear because then I'd have some badass looking ears. Really? I would. Dude, when I, when I was in high school, uh, having cauliflower was not cool. Uh, this was in, like, of course, the 80s uh, or 90s. But I remember having a purple ear. It would, it would turn purple. And the only chicks that liked it were gothic girls Dude, uh, who liked the cure. I remember when I was in Brazil, um, there, were a couple Ameri- there were a few Americans that were over there at the time. And um, I walked into the bathroom. And, you know, you think, oh, like, it's like, it was almost like catching a dude masturbating. I caught a dude with his belt, and it was around his ears, and he was grinding it on his ears, trying to like. He was trying to give himself. Call, a, yeah, trying really? to get cauliflower for that reason, because it looks tough. You look cool. Yeah. You know, you're like an official badass. You got couldn't he just roll in jujitsu? I know. I, I, I don't I, get it, dude. It was crazy. It was to crazy. Speed up the it was bad. Yeah. So dude, we all made fun of him. I would have. I would have. I was already pretty uncool. So I would have put up with the ears just like... Oh, uh, just go full long, out. Long-term just, goal. Just go all out. <laughs> yeah, I'll look cooler later. And, and Tyler, how, how are you doing? What's going on with you? I'm good. Uh, I've been working on a ton of writing stuff um, and trying to submit for a couple shows. And I'm, I'm going to be in uh, uh, Junior's Comedy Club in Valencia this weekend, Friday and Saturday. A couple of shows and... I think once you get on that one late show... Like once you get on the Fallon, they're gonna have you back a hundred times because you, you you have a perfect style for that. You just haven't broken in that one time, you know. Yeah, just waiting for that break. You should go out for America's Got Talent. You have a great style for that. I too. did. I did audition for AGT. And what happened? You get ninety seconds, dude, and it is hard to impress people with words oh. in ninety seconds when the dude before you just like rode a unicycle and swallowed flaming swords. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna stand here and talk. That's a that's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, by the way, our wrestling team needs a sponsor. It's only a couple hundred dollars. You get your name on the jerseys so if you're out there listening uh you could sponsor our team you could have your company in the back of the uh uniform he's talking to you bill maher now kenny florian uh i actually was i was going over your fights last last week last night i was like because i called yesterday to do the show you said yes by the way thank you so much it is so i'm so humbled to have a guy like you for forcing me to be here no problem man no problem i I, like guilt you in i i have i have pictures of you and some uh unconventional things (laughs) i had to be here now uh but yeah, you're killing it as an announcer so well. 
that you're almost too good <laughs> where you for, you forget how much of a beast you were. Uh, <laughs> and, and you were like a straight up killer. I remember my dad meeting you at the comedy show. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dad, this guy, he, he was like, he fought for the title five times. That guy? I go, I go, I go, I go, no. I, go, I, know he, I know he looks like a fucking hipster, but, but, but this, dude, this dude will fucking kill you. Uh, but, but yeah, man. I, by the way, as an announcer, do you ever yeah. get fighters that get angry with you at how you're announcing their fight? A lot. And it's something now that I've kind of been a little bit more uh, further removed from the sport, I feel more comfortable doing it. But it's my – dude, I hate doing it. You know, when I was doing uh, stuff for ESPN back in the day, when I first first started, uh, they used to call me K-Swiss because I was like, you know, Switzerland. I would never give a pick. I'd be like, well, this guy's great, but the other guy's great. I don't know who's going to win. I used to hate making picks because, I don't, you know – I know a lot of these guys and yeah. people get offended. I remember I used to kind of get a little offended. I'd hear a prediction and they'd be like, Florian's going to get his ass kicked. And I'd be like, well, I did get my ass kicked, but it still <laughs> sucks that I hurt. You know, you, you get offended. And um, I was very conscious of that. Now that I'm a little further removed, I don't, I try not to worry about that stuff because that takes away from You're my commentary. Picking you know? or commentating? Both. Both. So whether it's picking or doing commentating, I try to be very conscious of it and just like not, Worry about it, but then people still be like, "Oh, Florian, you were biased, and you said this." What, blah, what, blah. I, I I'm mean, not. Did, yeah. what, what instance exactly did you have a fight? So let's say, for example, um, I mean, any fight that I'm calling, you know, if someone's getting hit in the face more than the other guy, I'm not being biased. I'm just calling <laughs> it the way I see it. And and sometimes, you know, the angles that you have at the cage or the angles that you have on certain camera angles that you have on the monitors are different than what the fans are seeing, and um. You know, I don't know. And then fighters sometimes, you know, they'll they'll say certain stuff. Like uh, Benil Daryush, when he fought Michael Johnson, I thought it was a terrible decision. I right. thought Michael Johnson clearly won the fight, and yeah. Benil Daryush got the decision. And I like Benil Daryush. I have nothing against him. I know him just as well as he's Michael Iranian. Johnson. They're very proud yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, and he's a oh, great Syri- fighter, Syri- man. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, yeah. a, he's a great fighter, and I thought he lost, and everyone— Thought he lost as well, and he did some interviews saying that, you know, Florian was biased. I think he knows Rashad, who trains Michael Johnson, and that's why he thought it. But the reality is, is you know, it was a bad decision, now, I mean, and, have, and I feel the, bad. These but. guys ever come up to you and say, hey, man, have you ever gotten in your face or no? No, I remember I had a little, uh, when I was working for ESPN back in the day, again, Josh Barnett, I had some words for me on MMA.TV, and he's a big, scary dude, yeah, man, huge. and I didn't want him angry at me, but... I said something to the effect of he beat Gilbert Ivel, and I said, you know, I expected Barnett to be even more dominant. I said, I've never seen a guy get mounted on someone and get hit more than, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Gilbert Ivel was hitting him a lot, and yeah. he was mounted on him. And I said something to that effect, and he got really pissed off. And But I, it's funny, though, because, like, I would say, like, if I made the pick, people would be like, who the fuck have you ever fought? In a, like, what have you ever done? You're a comedian. But right. I can always say I'm a comedian. But 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 you, I, I mean, you've been in there, so right. I, I would I would think you have. But in a way, maybe people look at you more as a colleague than a commentator. Yeah, so they feel like they can get mad at you in in some way. That's the, it'd, it'd be kind of be like having a, a fellow comedian be like, you know, critique your, and you're like, wait, what yeah. about you? Like I, I've seen yeah. your Adam act sucks. sucks. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's like, it, so it's tough. It, it'd be like you'd be a professional critiquer of comedy. And you repeatedly have to. I can't do it. Your, I honestly like. It's even, tough. I've been asked to coach to judge judge people. Right. I've been asked to judge to, uh, <laughs> contests. I've been asked to teach classes. I'm like, no. I I I, I say no because yeah, right. I first of all I'm like, the, who the fuck am I? I I, I don't want to all of a sudden judge somebody else. Right. Beca- but also it's a lot. 
I think comedy more subjective. I mean, you yeah. can watch Sam Kinison. You don't know who Sam Kinison. You could, you'd be like horrified at this. Sure. Meanwhile, he's one of the greatest comics of all time. Uh, same with you know uh, guys like uh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And people are doing things that, that you may not even know how right. good it is if you're a, 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 a conventional judge. So sure. and, whereas and, com- fighting, it's a little more you know black or white. I believe. Yeah, and for TV, you know, they want you to give bold predictions. They want you to, you know give strong opinions so it, it's it, it's a hard thing to do you it do was a great, hard you do a great I'm job though you do a great job also Thanks. as far as like breaking down the, the technique of, of what people should do uh, i, I think you. that's something that like i could go yeah he should punch him more or something right. Right? <laughs> right. but i mean but he gets in certain jujitsu moves and i'm like i don't know what the fuck i don't i don't know how he should escape that and right. i think there's only a select people that actually know what the hell they're talking about mm-hmm. it, it's a tough thing man because there's a lot of guys who may not know the sport. Then there's a lot of guys who know the sport but can't communicate it. And then there's a lot of guys who know the sport, can communicate it, but can't do it within those yeah. just few seconds that you have. So it it happens so quickly. So it's something that I'm still learning a lot about and still trying to get Well, you do a good at. job. Yeah. Uh, you do a really good job. Now, uh, you recently... You got married to one of the hottest women I've ever seen in my life. No, stop. Uh, you, she brought it to the comedy show. When I say this girl's a model, she was like on top model. She <laughs> was like, she was my my agent was there, my commercial, my, my gay commercial agent. And it was so funny because him and his boyfriend were there, and they were more flipping on it. They didn't know who Kenny was. They were like, yeah. "Who the fuck is this guy? This weird guy with the beard." <laughs> uh. But but Clark was there, his wife, and they were, "Oh my god, it's you!" Uh, yeah. you, you have now how, now how do you now? Uh, I had heard yeah. from a long time that you got some of the hottest women around and and, <laughs> and 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 I was like and I know the name I'm not going to name names out, right. of, out of respect to my face okay but <laughs> but you but you do have you you had a reputation now uh-huh. you don't seem as this like ladies man no I'm not a good looking guy at all I look at pictures <laughs> of myself I'm like what the hell what happened to me it's how disgusting do you do, how, how are you getting these supermodels it really yeah it's it's my co- right cauliflower ear <laughs> that gets them reels them in um, I don't know, man. You know, it's like, I think anybody can do it. I, I mean, it's anybody not, can I, do it. You're anybody, so full of no, shit. No, I'm serious. If you just, if you just have balls and you like, dude, you know how to make people laugh. If you can make people laugh, that's like 80% of it. Well, I'm so. not talking about me and my other people listening to this, uh, but, 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 <laughs> right. but I'm saying like, okay, so how did you pick up Clark, Clark Gilmer? Right. How, yeah. how did you pick her up? I just, you know, we actually worked together when I retired, um, I was doing a photo shoot and, you know, they made it look like I was like this ladies man and I had like all these girls around me and she was one of the girls and she wasn't even going to take the job. She was like, ah, this job doesn't pay much, but like whatever, I have nothing going on. I guess I'll go. So she went last minute and that's how we met. I asked her out. She said no. And then, really? <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, I'm watching the Olympics, the opening ceremony of the Olympics. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's the most boring thing of the Olympics. Right. And you want to hang out and do, and you don't want to hang out. Is that out. what you said back so, then? Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, really? The opening ceremony of the Olympics? Cool. And then, um, yeah. And then I asked her out again later that night. I'm like, hey, we're here if you want to come out, if your opening ceremony is done. You asked done. her twice out in one yeah, night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I was like, well, whatever. She was like, no response. And then the next day, she hit me up. She's like, hey, sorry, you know, I didn't get back to you. She's like, there's this party going on on the beach. Um, Like, a bunch of, like, model friends are going to be there. (laughs) If you want to go hang out. So I was like, okay, she's throwing me a bone. She's with someone. She's, like, inviting me out is because she feels sorry for me. Right. So then I went out and met her. by yourself? Yeah, I went and met her and... um, and yeah, she wasn't with anybody, so we were just kind of hitting. Out. I think she was probably trying to get a feel for me and right. like what I was like, make sure I wasn't. How, a creep. Did she know who you were at all? No. Okay. No. 
So that that was cool too. I like that. I don't like when like I always feel a little weird when girls come up to me and right. I know who I am. And I, so of, then now, how much? How long did it take for you to get in her pants? Like, <laughs> was it like? It wasn't immediate. It wasn't immediate. Like but. like you waited. You waited like third date. I, it wasn't immediate. I'll tell say that a supermodel like that. You you you, you want to hold off. But you don't want to be friend zone. Like it's almost like you have to sleep with her just because uh, you got to go from rejection to pity and then make your move. Right, right, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I got like a third date a month. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't. Oh, I cannot so, recall. I cannot exactly recall. Remember the first time that you you you. Were, I cannot recall now. And you also have to do a good job because if you don't. If you don't last very long, if you don't make her <laughs> orgasm, you're not getting a callback, right? No, you're not. So, is, was there pressure? I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I try not to worry about that. So, if you worry about, it, then you're like, you're in trouble. You know I, I mean? worry about it all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, Kenny Florian is a finisher. I, I, I'm is. sure he That's got right. the job I hooked done. I up with this Mexican chick about a month ago, and uh, it was like the third time I slept with her that night or something. I was like, I was on a, I was oh, on wow. a roll. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. I went three times. It was like before the show. Before twice, then after the show, you know, and uh, I was like, I was like, I was, I was comfortable, you know. Yeah. First time you want to get a call back, and then you get comfortable. So I was like, I was like, call me puppy, right? But then I realized, like, <laughs> but then I realized her dad was like an alcoholic. So I was like, I, I quickly just like in my head yeah. was like, call me puppy that you wish you had, you know. Yeah, like, right. yeah. or, 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 or Adam's fine. You're, you're non-alcoholic right. puppy. Yes, <laughs> call yeah, me yeah, your, exactly. Call me, yeah. Yeah, right. So so it took you uh, about a month. All right, so a month in. Now uh, the first time, do you do you go? twice in one night or three times <laughs> oh man uh geez um i don't know i don't remember dude You're this is a while ago this is a while ago come on i try to go as many as i can i try to be still? as impressive now as that possible. you're married you still try to or you i try it doesn't once. happen it doesn't happen so often, you go once <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know a lot of ious yeah i guess wow all I right guess. yeah okay i mean now yeah. Now uh, that that's okay. So you got now, but before that though, there was rumors about you with some of the hottest chicks. How did you get those girls? Uh, I don't know, man. I I don't think I got the hottest girls to be honest. I mean, I I'd get girls, but like I think it's just I was I used to go out. You know, I'd go out and try to flirt and just have a good time. Do you think it's and- you being a college soccer player? And they and, know who and, I was. Like, I, if I'm on the street and I'm a regular dude, I'm not gonna get. Ch- it's not impressive. If I'm like, hi, I'm regular office guy, yeah. Kenny Florian. You know what I mean? So like, people be like, oh, he fought. Oh, he fought professionally. Oh, he beat some guys. Oh, he's on TV. You know, like those things that, obviously that, help that to like get your foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe not your foot. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like it helps out maybe if you got like a buddy to like talk you up if they do- is it weird Kinda. to you if people don't know who you are or if they do know who I, you are? See honestly, I prefer that they don't know because yeah. then 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 I like I like oh I feel like I was the one who like reeled them in you know what I mean right, but right. you know when you're going out and you're fight you you were fighting and especially in Vegas or after one of your fights people are gonna know who you are and that's how they would come up hey great fight blah 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 and, hey let me introduce you to this person let me introduce you to that person and that's how it- now I heard that you and Clark. Moved into a $5 million house. <laughs> it's not a $5 million house. That's the no, word on the street. No, 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 it's a, It was an expensive house. A, a $4 million I, house? I, no, less, less, less. Three. Less, Two million less. dollars. Is this, is this LA or Boston? Less. LA. Okay, LA. so five million. That's like a two-bedroom. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like a shack behind <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but but it, I mean, no, I saw the house. It's a ridiculous house. Thanks. Uh, it, I mean, Thanks. Uh, are, are you drug dealing on the side or something? <laughs> like, Did you say, I you, tried. You say it's no. all your money? 
Um, I tried to, man. I, I saved I saved my money. I invested in different things. I have, Apple? you know, oh, what, what, I, I own a part <laughs> owner of Apple. I, uh, yeah, no, um, me and Zark, um, me and Mark Zuckerberg, we started this little company <laughs> called Facebook. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard of it. Some people are using it now. Uh, no, I, uh, I just, I tried to save my money, man. I tried to be smart with it. I made some decent investments and, um, I have a, a gym back in Boston. I just try to like, you have a drug cartel but, in Peru. I, 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 I do. I, I ship Peru. very good cocaine from Peru. <laughs> nice. It's that's, the best. That's that's good. It really is good quality. Now uh, some of the fights coming up uh, are guys that you fought. Yeah. McGregor Aldo. Yes. Uh, Aldo, very close fight you fought with him. Uh, yeah. You, oh, uh, you 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 came down to one forty five. A lot of people didn't know if you were gonna like, uh, like survive. Gonna have flies around you. Right. So, it was bad. Dude. But it was a good fight. It was a good, it was a decent fight. I felt like shit because I just, it was the most difficult weight cut I've ever had to deal with. I did, I hit 146 for Diego Nunes prior to that fight, his teammate, and then um, had to hit 145 on the dot, and it just, that last pound and a half just could not come off, dude. I must have been, I must have been in the sauna. I think there was other, like, five other Greg Jackson fighters that started before me. Like, I think started before me, and I finished... After the last guy, so there was uh, like a ton of guys that were in and out of the sauna. I was trying to cut did weight. You almost break. It it was close. It was very very close. But in my mind, I was like, I'm not going to be that guy who doesn't make the weight for the championship fight. I just I had I had to do it, and I did. It just it it was brutal. And when I was warming up for that fight, my legs were literally cramping up, so I could only do like a three minute warm up. Where did you walk into the fight at? Um, I think for that fight, I was probably 160, I think it was 164, So you gained 19 pounds, yeah. bang, right yeah. like that. 163, 164. So who do you like in the McGregor-Aldo? Dude, this is a tough fight, man. I, I don't want to make a prediction yet because, I, I, you know, I, I got to give my prediction eventually. It's not because I, my reason before where I'm afraid to give a prediction. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm going to give it in a couple weeks or I guess next week, but I don't want to give it away yet, but... I will say this is that Conor McGregor's style is not going to be an easy, an easy one for Aldo. You know, because I, I compare myself. I was the only other Southpaw that fought Aldo in the last five years. And I was tall and I was rangy and I was a decent striker. I don't think I was a, an amazing striker. And Conor McGregor is an amazing striker. He, he's a special striker who can who could fight forward. He can fight going backwards. He's unbelievable countering. Um, I think what Conor is also going to be surprised with is the insane speed of Jose Aldo. I remember when it, it's it's frightening how fast he is. You know, you get hit and then you realize he hit you. You don't even really? see it coming. He's that freaking quick. It's it's impressive, Fast man. And, and he's fought? strong. Fastest guy by far I've ever I've ever fought. And the, maybe one of the strongest, too. He, when you tie up with him, you're like, what? When you fought guys, guys at 170. Yeah. He's he's freakishly strong. You fought eighty five, right? I fought eighty five as high as eighty five. And yeah. so the so the one forty five pounder is stronger than he felt. Pounder. He felt like steel when you lock up. When I was trying to take him down, when you lock up with him up against the cage, he he is extremely strong. And, and he, it was good to hear because pissed him off. Yeah, and and that can be an advantage too because you know. Uh, he's been talking about Jose Aldo for like over a year now, getting inside his head and. Aldo has to make sure that he doesn't get too emotional during that fight. 
I can't wait for this fight. Uh, it, it's insane. It's now, Wyman versus Rockhold. That's another one, man. Very, very tough you're one. I think I'm not going to give you a prediction on that. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a prediction on that. You know what? L- listen, I- I'll give you a prediction on Weidman Rockhold. Okay. I will. I-, I think Weidman. I think Weidman, um, until proven otherwise, you know, I-, I don't think he's going to be beaten anytime soon. Now, I think his style is such that he does take damage. Um, so he doesn't want to be that fighter, that style of fighter for too long. Um, because as we know, you know, your chin eventually goes and, and Chris does get hit. He has gotten hit. Your we saw his went. last fight. What's that? Your chin never Well, went. I didn't get hit that much. I tried not to, you know, but Weidman's a hard nosed fighter, man. He puts his face first sometimes and he ends up coming out, coming out of it. But, uh, he's just tough as nails, dude. He's, um, his wrestling, I think is going to be an edge against Rockhold. I don't think Rockhold's going to be able to tap him. I think Rockhold is the more technical stand-up fighter. And I also think he's not going to be an easy guy to take down, but I think, uh, Weidman's pressure, his ability to take shots and fire right back. And, and I think he hits a little harder than Rockhold. I think Rockhold's more of a technical striker. I think Weidman probably punches harder than Rockhold. I, I'm hoping, I, like, I used to be the biggest Chris Weidman supporter because we had him on the show before he became famous. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, when you become famous, don't forget us. And he right. said, oh, I'll never forget you. And then he came on the show and came on the show. He forgot you. And he totally forgot me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas Rockhold still comes on the show. Right. I, I call cool. him, he comes on. So I got to go for Rockhold now. That's Although cool. I like Chris. I, I like Chris as a person. He has got severe ADHD. Like, right. if you ever talk to him, he's, oh, really? like, he's like a child. And I don't know if he, I, I'm not diagnosing him, but right. the times I've interacted with him, it's like I'm talking to like a little kid. Weidman? Weidman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And he's funny. But but he seems like the kind of guy that whatever is in front of his face is what he's focused on, which yeah. I which I I understand that. But that's probably why he's such. He definitely has a very childish demeanor to him. Yeah, and and he's a super sweet guy. He happens to be a real nice guy, and he's probably right. like his wife got mad at him for coming on the podcast because I asked him how much pussy got in Hofstra or something, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and and now and he, his wife did say to me, "I'm not allowing him." Back oh, so that's why he's not on the show. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's not. <laughs> you screwed it up. <laughs> I screwed it up. Yes, uh. but I, but I happen to like why. Uh, I like Wyman, but Rockhold's been super cool, and I I don't know. I mean, that guy gets chicks. You think you think I get chicks, dude? He's like him and him and Uriah Faber are probably the most prolific. I've heard stories uh, about Rockhold, and I've asked him about it. I go, there was a a celebrity he slept with. I'm not gonna say celebrity, Uh where he had sex with this woman in front of all her friends, Uh and they and they instructed him on what to do. And, and I heard about this. And I and I, I went up to him. <laughs> I did. I heard about it. And I this. go, did you have sex with X months? Uh, you know, X, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, XYZ in front of all our friends. And he goes, no, not all our friends. And I was like, this yeah. dude is the man. Yeah. Uh, he gets chicks. Dude. That dude would get chicks if he worked at a Chipotle, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like, a good looking prick. He's, he's a good looking prick. He is. I mean, yeah. He, he doesn't need the fighter angle. Like that dude. Yeah. There's uh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know what? The, my only thing about Rockhold is he has one loss, and that was to a, an alien. Uh, when he fought Vitor Belfort, right. it, that 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 was not that the was same superhero fan. Vitor Belfort. Yeah, yeah, that was not the same Vitor Belfort that we've been seeing. Right. Uh. So. And it was his UFC debut. In Brazil. In Brazil. So, so there's a lot of the cards were stacked against him. And he got kicked once and fell down. Whereas, like, he didn't take a five round beating. Like, I remember True. asking Freddie Roach one time. I said. Uh, I go, Freddie, blah, blah, blah. He goes, a lot of times guys are doing you a favor by knocking you out early because you're not taking the beatings. Right. That's yeah. that's that's right. what really, like a guy like Diego Sanchez, a guy right. that you fought, Diego yeah. Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, do you, th- I, I love Diego. I, we've had him on the show. Yeah. Super cool guy. Yes. I think 
it may be time for him to hang it up. Yeah, man, it, it sucks. I hate seeing guys like like a Diego Sanchez who is um, such a game fighter, man. He's been in so many freaking wars where it's like, I don't want to see him get hit again. And, and he's too tough for his own good where you know he's not going to tap. I mean, his leg was like hanging on Ugh. last night. It was crazy. He yeah. kept getting nailed in the leg. <laughs> he was limping. He could barely walk. Yeah. He's been getting hit in the head, you know, for... <laughs> throughout the whole fight and he just would not quit and those it's exactly what Freddie said those are the fights that really do damage it's not that one shot that takes you out it's the shots prior to that it's the shots that added up the fights before it's the sparring before and Diego has been in a lot of wars man so whose responsibility I don't want to do you think it is uh, is it the UFC to say sorry man even though you 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 draw mm-hmm. you, you get that blah blah but you well know. the UFC does that I mean the the UFC many times intervenes and requires that a fighter will get a head scan, MRI scan, and make sure that they are healthy uh, enough to fight if they are if they want to continue fighting. And they will always recommend, hey, listen, like you, you've been in a lot of fights. Why don't you think about hanging it up? And if they say, no, I want to keep fighting, they'll say, okay, well, you have to get medically cleared before you're able to fight again. And at the end of the day, like I think – the people around him, his coaches and managers, they're the ones that really have to do the convincing because the last thing a fighter is going to do is admit that they can no longer fight at a certain level. It's it's a tough thing. It's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, how did you, but, but your last fight was against who? Uh, my last fight was against Jose Aldo. I mean, now you, you lost to a guy who was at the highest level. Mm-hmm. You went five rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. You won, I would say, two of the rounds. Thank uh, you. So... You can fight at the highest level, but you still walked away. Yeah, well, mine was a little different because I was actually training for. I was in training camp. I was fighting. I was training hard, and I had hurt my back, and my back just never was the same for was a couple it, years. Like with so Clark, I, is that how you? Heard it? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah, no, no, that wasn't the case. This is before Clark, and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't uh, train the way I was. And I always said, if uh, if if training was no longer fun, if I was no longer capable of being physically better than I was in my previous fight, then I knew it was time. Do to you watch up. fights now, though, thinking, I could beat this guy? Um, The competitor <laughs> me, yeah. Yes, if I'm being honest, yes. And, then, and, and and how tempting is it for you to go, you know what, I could probably make 100,000, 150,000. <laughs> there's, there, there's a number in my head that's much higher than that, but there's a number in my head that if, I, if, if they ever offer. But I'm 39 years old. Who the hell wants to see a 39-year-old Kenny Florian back uh, in the cage? Hands up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? But I do feel, in, in my head, I feel like, I'm a lot more knowledgeable and a lot better as a fighter overall than I was when I was fighting because I, I do continue to fight. I do continue to train. Um, I do look at my my past fights and be like, "Wow, I sucked," and and try to improve those things. And <laughs> what you know, fights did you I, was, suck yeah, I think every one of them. I hate watching my fights, dude. I really do. I hate. I hate it. I like, hate it. You honestly think? Are you just saying you're being like overly critical? Because I'm very critical. I'm hard on myself. That was a good thing about me, and it's also a bad thing about me because I was very. Um, I think to be a perfectionist is a good thing, but it's also can be very, um, you're never happy. It, it, yeah. It, it hinders you too, because now you're always kind of analyzing yourself. I like that with comedy too. Like, you no know what I mean? How, how good of a set it was. I'm like, did I try new jokes? No. Right. Did I, uh, did, did I really get as, as deep as I could? Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, I think that's what makes you great. But at the same time, and also my fear is that like, like right now I'm, I'm making 
more money than I've ever made, which is not a lot of money. I mean, if you woke up with my money, you'd probably jump through the fucking window. Okay? But, like, as Chris and Rock it, said, you know, if, if Oprah walked up, Bill Gates walked up with Oprah's money, he jumped through the window. Okay? <laughs> but, uh, however, there's always that, like, okay, how, how can I sustain this now? Right. Do you have that issue of, like, you have a great fight, but then you're like, okay, but how can I keep this up? Yeah, I think the, the main thing is that you have to constantly challenge yourself. And I think the worst thing you could do and be in life is comfortable. Yeah. Because now you don't have that edge. So you have to constantly be pushing yourself to be like, okay, that's cool. That was yesterday. What am I doing now? And what am I even doing like in the present right now? How am I thinking? What is my mentality? Because as soon as you become like comfortable or content in, in a certain way, you're screwing yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's when you become complacent. And being is complacent is the worst place to be. You probably have enough money to, to retire be. right now, right? You probably yeah, have enough yeah, money to retire. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay, but I, I still, I'm still pushing myself. And that's, in a way, like, you know, getting a stupid, expensive house, whatever. That That's kind of my way of being like, okay, shit, now I got to, like, work even harder. Now, now I got to work, you know, in a t- weird way. That's now's the time to transition into your uh, professional soccer career. <laughs> yes, exactly. By the way, I mean, you play D1 Real Madrid, soccer, right? here I come. <laughs> Um, yes. And how close were you to going pro? You know what? Um, realistically, probably not. And, and this is one of the reasons why I worked my ass off in, in mixed martial arts is that in soccer, I was more physically gifted than I was for fighting. I, I was. I, I just I felt like I had more of a knack playing soccer than I was for anything else. However, I didn't work hard. Everyone else was always working. And I always like, I could have been the guy who always like, I didn't study for the test. Oh, I got an A. Right. I was like that for soccer for a while until like in my late teens, all these guys that are, I was better than all of a sudden just started surpassing me. And that was a bummer for me. And I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what, what the hell? Why is I'm not good anymore? I guess, or these guys much as got a lot better. I didn't figure out that. Yes. Okay. I was talented for soccer, but I still have to they work my to ass off. They were going to camps and they were just running in the off season. I was kind of bullshitting in the off I season. Hated soccer. I was like, I was, I made the varsity as a freshman and I got nice. progressively worse every year <laughs> to the point where all the JV kids got better than me. So I just fuck it. I played football as a senior year. Right. You had to play a sport. I need to get stronger for wrestling. But the worst was I was like, my team won like the main state prep school thing. Yeah. And I didn't play a, a one minute. And I had to cheer with everybody. We won. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than cheering knowing you did absolutely uh, fucking nothing. Uh, like, oh, I, man. I had to fake be happy for the team. Right. I was happy kind of, but like everyone was flipping out. Like, and I was, I did absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> I did nothing. That's funny. Uh, now, you were in Korea, right? Yeah, just in Korea. Did the UFC, did they, did they give you a couple days to kind of walk around Korea and see I did, Korea? yeah. So I got, yeah, I uh, had an opportunity to walk around a little bit. It was, it was an awesome city, man. Really cool. Very modern. Uh, a lot of cool things to see. A lot of great restaurants. Did Clark go with yeah, you? She did. She oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go to Brazil without her? Um, yes. Actually, that was the first trip, I think, for like uh, commentary-wise, internationally, that she's uh, traveled with me She must for. have been a giant there. What's that? <laughs> she was pretty. She was getting some. She, I think, was like maybe the only blonde in the country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I've been to Korea before. I did yeah. comedy for the troops in uh, oh, nice. Seoul, Usan, nice. and Busan. It was great. Now, uh, now, I remember being on the road a lot of times. You, 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 get, you go to see your girlfriend, so you, right. we would have Skype sex, where, where, where you have sex via Skype, which was bad. <laughs> How does that work? It, it's, it's te- yeah, right. How does that work? How does that work? You don't do that? No. I, I mean- You don't have FaceTime sex with your- I Really? Mean, that's kind of hard. I don't know. I don't I've never, I, I never well, have. Well, it sucks. Really. There's a box where you could see yourself jerking off, and, that's, <laughs> and you, you have to like literally cover up that fucking box, because right. there's nothing that's going to like make you go limp. 
more than seeing <laughs> you your seeing yourself flabby right. gut with your fucking Ugh. jerking oh it's horrible but like <laughs> sort of feels like a three-way with two guys that right? look more, yeah your, exactly. your twin brother it does right. like a three-way and then i used to do funny things where i would like put my penis up to the the, the thing and then start like making like 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 playing like the, the whole like, hey what's going on oh that's and too then, much and then the girl my, my, my ex was like i just went totally dry because of you thank you for, <laughs> thank you please my, my oh man it's like a desert down there now because that's of my, hilarious my fucking puppet show that i did uh but so you don't, you don't have any Skype sex? No, man, I, I haven't uh, I haven't partaken in that. Really? Yeah, yeah. All I right. just yeah, I just wait. You just wait. You just <laughs> yeah. Totally. Now, 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 when you wait, I mean, sometimes you're away for like a week, right? Uh, less, yeah, and usually it's just like four days, four or five days. Well, you go home. I mean, your girlfriend, is she just like, does she have the flowers on the bed and the lingerie? I mean, does she get all oiled uh, up? See, this is what you imagine, but no, I mean, no, not really, man. Like, we have our occasions, you know what I mean? We have like our like our Valentine's Day or our anniversary. Or You're so romantic. Like wow, Valentine's Day. You know wow, what I mean? All right. But like, okay. you, know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Holidays and stuff like that. All know? right, all right. Now, uh, Edgar versus uh, Mendez, who you like? Yeah. Um, you know what? I gave my prediction yesterday. Um, I'm going to go with Edgar. It's hard to go against Edgar, man. I mean, Chad Mendes is a phenomenal fighter. He's a beast. Uh, but Frankie Edgar, he's one of the more consistent guys in the UFC. Um, and he, he's smart. He can adapt during fights. He was a guy who took big shots against other wrestlers at 155 pounds. Why wouldn't he be able to do it at 145 pounds? And I think Tyler? this, this, this weight class suits him. What's up? Who do you like in this fight? Ah, uh, it's a tough pick. I gotta go Edgar too. I just I yeah. think he's he's been in the cage with the best of the best. I mean Mendez right. has too, and Mendez his performance against Aldo was phenomenal. Yes. He went into this fight with McGregor short notice. Everybody talks about that, but um, I I also think I mean Edgar's got he's got the movement and he's got the he's got the speed. I think maybe, but yeah. I think Mendez has power. Right. I mean Edgar's not the guy that I mean Mendez is in there. He dropped a few guys with mm -hmm. big shots. I don't know if Edgar's that kind of like power puncher but i mean his speed his wrestling like i i'm stoked for this fight i yeah. think it's gonna be fun uh, yeah I, similar fighters very similar fighters yeah. my my fear is that if edgar lands uh no if, if mendez lands a big shot like right. like maynard had edgar on wobble street a couple yeah. times and i'm like i would say mendez probably hits as hard as maynard right maybe yeah um and maybe even faster maybe even faster yeah so uh however i don't want to i mean I I feel like I feel like Edgar got screwed in that first fight by not getting the title shot. Right. And I don't know. I was at the I was at the 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 Mendez after party after he lost. Okay. You know, and everyone was dancing and he was having a good time and I I think I would have been crying. I right. I, I don't think I would have showed up. Oh, dude. I yeah. And I was gonna say any time I lost, I was miserable. I mean, there was not there were time I didn't leave my room. I was depressed. I didn't sleep. I mean, it, it's the worst feeling ever, and I could never. And it's tough because listen, at, at the end of the day, Chad Mendes, he, he made a, a good amount of half money. Half million dollars. Yeah, I mean, half million. So that's why. And he, it was like a two week notice. So it'd be like, hey, Adam, uh, in two weeks, can I give you five hundred thousand? We got to fight this guy. I'm like, okay, no yeah, problem. Yeah, you exactly. know, and so he was probably happy about that. But yeah, as a as a fighter, as a competitor, it's tough to get. I think he had to go. He signed a contract to go. And I'm sure he did bother him being the competitor. He did. Right. Although there's just something about like him. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say like he came in second in the NCAA finals. Right. You know. Right. Uh, and then he came second, I think, in the state of California. Right. And then he I don't know if he's complacent with coming in second. Right. I'm not saying that because I, I still sure. think the guy could be a champion. Yes. And he goes out there and gives his best shot. But I, but I just feel, I feel like I don't know. 
look, I want to be invited to the next after party. So, so I'm not gonna, so I'm not going to say shit. But and he had to go. So maybe he just put on that like smiley face right. on the inside. You, he, so he you think fine. Frankie's going to win is what you're saying? I do think Frankie's going to win. I I, I, don't, I don't know why. I, that was I, a long way of saying I think Frankie's going to win. In closing. Frankie, <laughs> yeah. Now, did, did you ever have to go to the after parties after you uh after you lost? I did. When I actually Sean Shirk, we were talking about Sean Shirk fight uh, earlier. I had I had to go out to um an after party after that after I lost and what was that like I was it was miserable dude and, and it was so funny because it's a funny story so I, I I went out and my buddy that was there he like introduced me to like uh, I guess there were a bunch of like strippers out that night right so he's yeah. like ah this, this is my stripper friends blah 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 and he like introduced me to him and I'm talking to one of them and then one of them left and the other one comes down and sits down on my lap and starts talking and these girls these two stripper chicks get in a fight while one of them on my lap i'm bruised up i'm tired and i'm just sitting there and they're taking she's taking her shoes off she has this huge heel and they're literally trying to hit each other in front of me one sitting on like like smashing the other girl in the face and i'm just like sitting there i'm like this was a night. You this lost was, a gallon. Yeah. I just lost. I just yeah, yeah. lost a fight. I just lost a fight. Championship fight. I just drank a bunch of my Where opponent's was this? blood. In Vegas? This is in Vegas. Yeah. And uh, and now I have two strippers that are fighting, <laughs> literally fighting on top of me. Now that that Sean Shirk fight, uh, I just laughed. I mean, I, uh, which I think maybe that fight was the best thing for you because mm. I think you dropped the weight class after that fight, right? No, no, no. That was at one fifty five. He seemed like he was two weight classes uh, bigger yeah. than me, but yeah, that was my first championship fight. And I felt like it was a good fight because it was kind of my coming out party in that like everyone always said, ah, he was lucky or he got good fights. And, you know, the UFC set him up with good fights. But going five rounds with a guy like Sean Shirk, I think I had like seven fights or eight fights at the time. And Sean Shirk had like almost 50 fights and he looked like a He-Man doll. And, And, you know, he... You know, we went five hard rounds. I was able to cut him up, and it was a nasty fight. But your wrestling also got a thousand times better since then. Yeah, yeah. I I watched. I go, you know, for a guy who never wrestled in high school, because I I coach middle school wrestling. Yeah, I I love it. But I but I I always root for the wrestling. Would I have made the team prior to that? One hundred percent, you made the team. Yeah, Uh, okay, maybe. But we have no cuts. Um, (laughs) But for there you go. (laughs) But for a guy who never wrestled, your double leg got astronomically better. Thanks to the point where you. We're taking down Clay Guida, college wrestler. Joe Stevenson, I believe, was Mm -hmm. a high school, maybe even college wrestler. There were guys that you were taking down that you had no business taking down. You're double. Did you just practice double afterwards? I did, man. You know, I think I always had pretty good timing, but I didn't. I didn't really wrestle wrestle until late in my career, and I wish I did, man, because it was hard for me for whatever reason in Boston just to find good high level wrestling training partners. And, and, and coaching. And finally, after I lost to Gray Maynard in Boston, um, my brother was like, dude, that's it. You're getting a freaking wrestling coach. Like, you, you know, it, it's, it's, you've gone way too long without having formal wrestling. And I, um, Got the one of the assistant coaches at Boston University. He was an All American at Adams? West Virginia. No, well, Carl Adams yeah, yeah. was the head coach. Yeah, who was phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, I trained with uh, Sean Gray, who was. Um, oh, Sean Gray went to Blair Academy. Yeah, I, he wrestled uh, in the same year I did. Sean no Gray was, shit. A, was yeah. a beast. He was a beast, dude. Yeah, so he helped me so much. One of the nicest. He actually, you remind me of him a lot. You guys are kind of built the I, same. I, I met Sean Gray. He's yeah, he, he does a nice awesome guy. dude. Yeah, yeah, awesome dude, and he helped me so much. He really taught me like the system of wrestling, like of like how to set everything up, college style, how to drill, how to get all my, you know, finishes in order. And 
wrestling that dude in like a hot room every single day was one of the hardest training experiences of my yeah, life. Yeah, I think he was a four-time high school national champion. Yeah, it was he was an he was an animal, one of the top prospects uh, for a long time. And the reason he went to West Virginia is because one of the Brands brothers was coaching there. Oh, t- yeah, and yeah. then they, he le- ended up leaving, and then he you know was stuck with the other coach. But Sean was you know all American should have should have been. Uh, national champ he was like one point away from he tore his ACL during the match against one of the Iowa guys but anyways phenomenal guy awesome coach now an assistant coach at, at Princeton doing great things oh, at wow. Princeton that's yeah. that's really cool that's that's what a small world but that's yeah. but it showed because I'm like you know I, I feel like maybe even with jujitsu like there are certain guys that can pull off like a Ben Saunders uh what's a, a go-go platter oh, or right. something yeah, yeah. These, these certain, but I feel like for, basically you see a lot of like you know, guillotines, a lot of rear naked chokes. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you'll see some l- l- cool leg locks. With wrestling, it's a lot of du- doubles, singles. There's like five moves yes. you need to know for MMA. Right, you absolutely. Don't need, you know, a switch. You don't need to know some of these like, you know, six-point wrestling moves. You know, yes. Not just, but, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. These like crazy, and same thing with jiu-jitsu a lot of times. A hundred percent. You know, you're so right because wrestling for MMA is way more simplified. However, and this is one thing that's hard for even the most high-level wrestlers to get, and I sound like I'm trying to be an expert in wrestling <laughs> when I'm not, but... It's the way that they train their wrestling too, because so for regular wrestling, right? You you walk up to a guy, you get in your nice low stance, you tie up with the guy, and then you go to your takedowns. In MMA, you can't even get there. It's yeah. all from the outside. So it's the style of wrestling that you have, and also your ability to enter in on the legs or or to the body clinch from from out at a distance, and, and you have to set it up with with strikes. And a lot of wrestlers don't drill that kind of aspect of the reactive takedowns you know off of striking and it, it's a whole different ball game and, and wrestlers be like oh i want to improve my wrestling let me train with another wrestler no train on entering against another dude who wants to take you down yeah. Yeah. i want to th- th- sorry uh, strike with you i used to uh never tie i used to hate tying up so i used, would set up my mm. shots from outside and i remember thinking when i was like wrestling like god i would like love to be able your to style would have been somebody in the face M- to set up yeah. a shot. Your style would have been perfect for MMA. Seriously, you no, know, I mean, like for example, like Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. <laughs> then you look at a guy like uh, who who I hate to use him as an example, but a guy like uh, like uh, Jake Rockhold, Rochold. Uh, oh, Rochold. Jake Rochold, Rochold who yes. is three time national champion. Yep. But he loses to Kendall. I think Kendall. I don't know if he beat Kendall Grove, but he but he was never really. Achieve yes. uh, wrestling, uh, 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 you know where he could, and he made the UFC. Obviously, right. he had a successful career. He beat some guys, but he didn't achieve what you would assume a three-time national champion right. would achieve. Whereas a guy like Rashad Evans, who had a college record of forty-eight and thirty-four. Right. I mean, you look at he beats uh, certain guys. He beat in wrestling, for, yeah. like he beats Phil Davis, who's right. a national champion, yeah. because his wrestling is better suited for MMA. And striking exactly, and and I, I say this for both striking and for for wrestling. I was like, don't call it wrestling, call it takedowns. How is <laughs> yeah. this takedown game? Like, is he a takedown artist? GSP wasn't the best wrestler, but he was the best takedown artist. Right. Um, and Conor McGregor, maybe not the best kickboxer, but one of the best strikers in the UFC. So you, I I try to like get people to try to change that mentality because, you know, like, oh, his Muay Thai is really good. His boxing is really good. No, no. His striking. Call it striking. It's a whole different game. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why I remember on The Ultimate Fighter, there's a guy who, like, spent all his time in, like, Thailand 
practicing Muay Thai right. and he got taken down in, in 30 seconds and, and, and it was over. It was like, over, yeah. Great. He had great Muay Thai but not for MMA. Right, you know, exactly. Just, so what you I was now? just going to say with wrestling, I think when it, as far as like translating to MMA, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's like uh, in the same way that like with striking that you know you want to kind of throw punches in bunches like, yep. there's people that are great strikers but they sh- throw one or two strikes at a time yep. with wrestling i think it's the guys that chain wrestle that that put it together that you know too. you shoot a single Absolutely. it doesn't work you switch to a double or you're in a clinch you drop to a double but or the scrambles like th- that's the kind of wrestling that is effective and, and uh octagon awareness because if you're up against the cage you lose your motion as yeah. a wrestler. You can't. You don't have you your motion. You can't chain John wrestle. Jones. Yes. So a lot of fighters like Jose Aldo, a master at this, backs up against the cage, digs his feet into the cage, and yeah. he's not going anywhere. So you can't use your huge advantage as a wrestler, which is motion. Uh, do you? Because so if you fought BJ Penn and you fought Aldo, who mm-hmm. would you think was harder? Like because those guys both have phenomenal takedowns. Yes. Like, um, for me, I, they were both uh, unbelievable. I, I think BJ was more balance oriented and more kind of um like slick where aldo just turned into steel and he was explosive like i hit i I don't know if you saw the fight but i hit a pretty damn good double against him early in the fight it was like perfect timing like yes got him (laughs) boom this dude bounced off like he had like i don't know what the hell like he bumped jumped on a swiss ball or something just bounced right off the octagon floor Right to his feet, and before I knew it, he was already on his feet. I was like, "How the That's hell did so he do That's got to be so frustrating. That happens a lot of times oh, with these guys. Uh, yeah. His- by the way, so we're gonna talk to. Uh, we have a press conference. We got so much more questions for you. Yeah, yeah. Especially your uh, your appearance on Doctor Phil. Oh man. Uh, we got to talk about that. That I I, I watched that last night. And I, I couldn't <laughs> believe you you Dana and Forrest Griffin were on Doctor Phil. Yeah. If you have if you haven't seen it, I gotta check that. Check out. it out on YouTube. <laughs> It's fucking hilarious. And by the way, he called you Kenny Florini. Florini, exactly. <laughs> Kenny Thanks, Florini. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Florini. Yeah. You're a professional, Dr. Phil. Thank you. <laughs> Kenny, and nobody corrected him. I know. I was like, that <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. was great. So anyway, so this guy, Jose Torres, we're talking to him right now. He's 25 and one as an amateur. Hello. Hello. Is this Jose Torres? Yes, it is. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with the great Kenny Florian and the even better Tyler Bowe. How are you, man? <laughs> Pretty good. How about yourself, guys? Good. I was watching some of your fights, man. So you're, you were, you're, tw- I, I said you were 11 and 0 last night. You corrected me today. You're 25 and 1? Yeah. As, as, as an amateur? Yeah, I lost my first fight and I went 25 straight. Nice. Wow. Nice. What, 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 I'm kidding. All right. So now, uh, you're from Chicago, but are are you Mexican or? I'm Mexican Puerto Rican. Mexican, wow! Your parents must have had a lot of fights. Um, yeah, so, definitely a lot of arguments. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of arguments. Uh, Mexican and Puerto Rican. Now, where where in Chicago are you training out of? Uh, I train out of Combat Doe in Cicero, Illinois. Nice. With uh, Master Bob Shermer, so he used to coach uh, Terry Martin and Shoney Carter back in the day. Oh, nice, Shoney Carter. I used to love watching Shoney Carter fight. Uh, now you're a great wrestler. You wrestle for Triton College, right? Yes, I wrestled for Triton College for two years and all uh, was an All-American, and I wrestled for McKendree University Division Two for three years. Nice. Yeah, I watched some of your wrestling uh, highlights last night. You were taking kids up and just throwing. You were body slamming people on their on their heads in a, in a college wrestling, which was uh, pretty damn cool. <laughs> now, are you nervous? You got your big fight coming up in Titan FC December eighteenth. It's your first pro fight. They got you up against a, a good kid from Guam. 
who's got heavy hands. Are you nervous? Are you excited? What's uh, what? Take us through what's uh, going through your head. I'm given there's always little nerves in any fight, but I believe uh, this nervousness you know always helps me stay prepared in my in my practice and in my fight. You know, if I'm not nervous, then I'm too cocky, and you know. Yeah, that's definitely you get knocked out. So being nervous keeps me humble, and uh, I'm definitely having some great practices right now. I'm in San Diego Bad Academy for my training camp with uh, Manolo and Miss Carmouche and them. So I'm having a great time over here. But Ian Lujan's a great opponent. Definitely heavy hands and uh, pretty pretty legit ground game. So it's gonna be a fun fight. But I'm definitely very very excited for my pro debut. It's been uh, definitely a long time that I've been waiting for this. Um, how are you uh, paying your rent and like making money right now? Uh KHK. So Sheikh Khalid bin Hamada Khalifa, um, the prince or Sheikh of Bahrain, has created his own team with Frankie Edgar on his team, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Islam Makhachev. Um, they pay us monthly to train, so we have the best possibilities of being world champion one day. You know, we don't have to worry about a job and go, oh man, I'm tired for work. I, I'm not going to go to train today. I'm going to go tomorrow. So he gives us the best opportunity um, in the world, pretty much, to to uh, be the best players we can be. So wait, there's a Sheikh in Bahrain that is putting you guys on salary. Yes, sir. How much is he paying you a month to train? Uh, a good amount, pretty much, to where I can I can travel to Bahrain and I can travel here and just keep on playing and do what I love to do. That's amazing. I've been to Bahrain before doing comedy for the military, and uh, they have that really cool karaoke bar with that great uh, Filipino singer. Have you been there? <laughs> no, I don't believe so, but I've been to bars down there. It was a good time. Oh, it's like a good time. Uh, Kenny, any uh, advice for this young kid? Man, I, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. He, he's, I, you know, he's absolutely right. You, you do want to stay nervous, and the, the moment you're kind of not nervous anymore, it's like we were talking about before: being too complacent, being too relaxed. You want to use that nervousness as like that energy to kind of drive you during that fight. And uh, man, I wish you the best of luck. Have, have, have you heard of this Bahrain Sheik? That's uh, putting- I, ha- I heard about this team. Yeah, man, I, I think it's an awesome thing. And that was the big struggle for me as a fighter was having the money to be able to do what I wanted to do. Um, Because if you're not doing it full time, man, you're at a big disadvantage. And and that's, that's the thing, you know, um, was, was finding the people who would be able to help you out. You know, I was sleeping on people's couches. I I was, you know, barely making it, you know, for a little while, Uh, even all the way up until the, my, early part of my career in the UFC, it was still difficult. So now that the sport has become bigger, you have these other people that are genuine fans that want to help out that are, you know, sponsoring people and, you know, now, Jose, awesome. is this guy from Bahrain giving you guys chicks or no? No, he's definitely not. Why not? There's <laughs> some hot Bahrainian girls. They're not like nothing? No, so 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 far none. So I'm a, I have a fiance, so trust me, she'd be pretty pissed about that. Yeah. So I, I can see that. Now, uh, now we're going to call your opponent right now. We're going to do a Titan FC press conference. These things usually get really heated. Uh, we're going to call Ian Lujan uh, from Guam, who's training in Vegas. For the Titan FC press conference, Shorty Jose Torres, right? Jose Shorty Torres. Yes, Jose sir. Shorty Torres, right here. Twenty-five and one as an amateur, twenty-five win streak. And I watched your fights, man. You're you are a scrapper. So uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Is this Ian Luhan? This is Ian Luhan. How's it going, sir? What's going on? You're on the MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Kenny Florian. Tyler Bow, and your opponent Jose Torres on December 18th in Titan FC. How's it going, Ian? I'm great. Just finished uh, my training session for the morning, and I'm ready uh, to do this interview, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be uh, 
to be interviewed by you guys, man. No Thank problem. You. I'm a big fan of Kenny Florian, by the way, too. Thank so. you, man. Now on Twitter, you got it. You, your 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 tweets are protected. You got to make your Twitter. Yeah. This is bullshit. I, I want to see your tweets, man. <laughs> Okay, sir. Yes, of course. Of course. You know, I haven't been that active on uh, Twitter yeah. only because I feel like uh, I had a Twitter account when I was in like a uh, junior year, and then ever since then, I uh, I stopped. I stopped being on Twitter. But you know what? I'm gonna go back on it, man. And I don't know why it is uh, private. So yeah, fix that definitely. because I can't even promote you because no one knows what the hell you're saying. All right. I will. I will. I will. I need to be promoted, right? Yes, I gotta promote <laughs> sure. you now. Um, yes, sir. I was watching some of your fights last night. You had a four-second knockout. Yes, I did, sir. Yeah. How, how yeah, do you yes, how, how do you knock a guy out in four seconds? Man, I don't know that on when when I did that. That was just upon instinct, man. It was all controlled instinct, man. I just went out there and I just told myself hit him, hit him as hard as I can. And it's funny because when I look back at the tape, like um, the following day, I was like, damn, it looked that clean. Like I didn't, I thought it looked sloppy. I thought like everybody was like, man, you hit him with the cleanest shine. I was like, what? Like I thought I, I hit him so sloppy. With with the right hand, I just thought I I, I did something crazy because I you know when you're when you're fighting you don't sometimes you don't remember what's going on you know you just do it you know right. and then once you finally watch tape it's like you go back and look at it and you're like man you know I did that and it just happened to be a knockout in four seconds with just a one two and now Kenny and, your first uh, uh, fight was seven seconds right yeah I wish oh, it was no, it was thirteen no. seconds <laughs> thirteen seconds yeah oh. and that, that's what it says on uh, on Wikipedia it said your first fight was like uh. well, the first win was seven seconds over Jason Garrels no no it wow. was it, it was like a minute uh, I think it was a couple minutes it maybe said two seven seconds it was not seven seconds oh, all right. I okay. wish it was seven seconds but no, no have you ever heard of a four second knockout it's pretty insane <laughs> I mean it's like one step boom <laughs> one knockout. step boom yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah, it was like we touched. I, I even, I, I even asked my glove. I even asked my coach. Like, I was like, "Did we touch gloves?" Because like that would have been messed up. If I didn't touch gloves. <laughs> you touched, least, you, you touched your I mean? glove on his face. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. I was like, "What?" And then so, it happened. He fell. I just saw his his head hit the canvas, and I just damn, took advantage dude. of it, man. So. Now, uh, now, what was yeah. your what, now? Is there um? Is there a video of this? Uh, of the four second knockout. Yeah. yeah. There's a, it's on, it's on YouTube. Just look up tough enough four second knockout. All right. Now that was an amateur. Now, is this your first pro fight or your second pro fight? This is my second pro fight. I, uh, my first pro fight, I actually had a 30 second knockout. Yeah. I saw um, that. That was in New York, right? Yeah. No, that was in Richmond, Virginia. Richmond. And, um, it was, it was, a, it was a good experience, a good, a good first fight, you know, to get the jitters out. And uh, it was actually in front of Dustin Poirier too, and I'm I'm a big fan of him too as well. So that was pretty cool. Nice. And uh, now, what's yeah, your so now? I, now, where are you training now in Vegas? I'm training. Um, at, at, currently I'm training at four different gyms. Um, I train at Pound for Pound Boxing for my for my boxing. Uh, I train at Extreme Couture for my wrestling, my MMA based uh, uh, sparring, my MMA based uh, wrestling, uh, kickboxing, all that. Um, and then I train at Corporate Kai Las Vegas with Tim Go. Um, and he's a black belt under. So I'm on, I'm in my backyard. Sim's the man. He's a black belt under. Yeah, Sim. Sim. He's a, he's a black belt under. Uh, Mark Lehman, which yes. I don't know if you know, he's a uh, Johnny Hendricks. Um, yeah, Johnny Hendricks, main coach right now. But I don't I don't know their situation right now. But right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then as far as my conditioning, my strength conditioning, I'm at Omaza Fitness. Which is uh, one of the top strength conditioning um, places out here in Vegas. With now you're from Guam, down. right? I am from Guam. Now you might be the smallest guy from Guam. I've been to Guam. It's all like some, <laughs> it's all Samoans over there. These people are the biggest yes. people I've ever seen in my life. 
I, I, really? You've been to Guam? I've been to Guam. I did. I did comedy for the wow. military in Guam, and uh, there That's was crazy. there was like I went, I, went, I went to six strip clubs in one night. Uh, I went to <laughs> yeah. uh, I went to the uh, G Spot. You ever go to the G Spot? <laughs> I never been to the G Spot, but you know what? I'm gonna go there next time. <laughs> oh, it, it was great. I That's actually funny. actually gave a girl a lap dance in the, in the, in the VIP room. Yeah? The, yeah, it was a good time. Oh, and then I, and then I, I went and then I went home with her and didn't get laid. Uh, so, oh, that's sad. It was very sad. Now, now you're now. <laughs> okay. So now this being a press conference, why are why are you gonna beat Jose Torres? Um, you know my mind. You know, I believe my uh, my skill. He is. I give it to him. He is experienced. You know, he has a lot of um experience um with his amateur background. I know he won some road titles, but I've been doing this since I was twelve, man. You know, um, uh. I've been competing in jiu-jitsu since I was 12. I used to go to California all the time to do these penetration tournaments and uh, that was held in San Diego, and I won that like six times. Um, and then when I finally turned 18, because in the state of Nevada, you have to be 18 to to, um, to fight MMA, and then and then uh, I did there. So I feel like even though he has experience, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I've seen in MMA over the years. You know, I train with the likes of a lot of people, and, and I feel like I feel like his experience doesn't really scare me, and and I just feel like my mind will overcome everything. You know, I feel like uh, I, I I won't break. Jose, you know, I, I I push myself to those limits. Jose, how would you like to respond to that, Jose? Yeah, I know, I know. Ian's definitely a great fighter. I've seen his film. You know, I definitely respect the guy. Um, one thing that I do have on him is the experience. You know, he's been fighting since he was twelve. Even though, like, I not to fun up a guy, but I've been fighting since I was four years old and been doing martial arts, wrestling, and so on for so long. Um, the biggest thing that I have on him is the experience of 25 fights or 26 fights. And it wasn't just local fights in Chicago. It's, you know, Illinois and Missouri, Vegas are tough enough a couple of times. And then the world championships, the national championships, and taking gold in, you know, in Brazil for kickbox and Pan American Games and Czech Republic as well. So I wasn't just doing local things. You know, I faced people with legit credentials that I knew could, you know, could be places somewhere. So I'm definitely um, I'm definitely excited for the fight. He's definitely a good fighter, mainly with that four second knockout. Congratulations for that. And uh you know, it's gonna be a good go. I believe I'm gonna win through experience, even though this, he this has is a very heated press conference right now. Uh these are <laughs> some the, yeah, yeah. Very these are these are I could tell I could feel the tension in the air right now. Now Ian <laughs> Ian, where are you better than Jose? Um Man, I would definitely, I would definitely, I would definitely have to either say my jiu-jitsu or my my stand-up. But as far, I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things where I have, I have to fight him first to see, you know. And mm. um, but I feel as far as like looking on tape and everything, I feel my stand-up would be a little, just a little better, you know. And and my jiu-jitsu, I've been doing jiu-jitsu since I was twelve, you know. And my brother, he's a he's actually um, a national um, champion in boxing. Um, he uh, he's ranked number three in the nation. So I, I, over the years of just being around him, um, I've learned a lot about the sport of boxing, and and uh, also I, I won I won a couple titles in, in uh, kickboxing too. Uh, I was I used to fight for Mastodis, and and uh, and I and I went around with him and won some titles with him. Um, I was actually going to compete in 2011 or 2010 for the for the Road Muay Thai um, tournament, that Road Amateur Muay Thai tournament in Thailand. But um, I unfortunately I got hurt. Well, this is, this, so, is, this is way too professional. Uh, Jose, uh, where where are you better than Ian? Um, I believe for sure my strength will be wrestling just because of my college background. Um, I would probably give him the stand-up because of his length and because of his power, but 
you know, I'm the smaller guy. I believe I'm faster. I'm be able to get in, take him down, and keep him down. Um, well, we have a uh, game. We have Sage Northcutt here. My, my second show. Uh, Sage, Sage Northcutt just showed up to the press conference. Uh, Sage, what? Are, <laughs> Sage, what are you? What are you? What are your thoughts on this press conference so far? <laughs> They're way too nice, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Nice. I can't do a Sage oh, Northcutt impersonation. <laughs> what am I? I saw you do it on YouTube. I saw you do it. This is definitely my thing. Yeah, we all have the same goal. It just happens that we're all in each other's way. You know. Okay, who, yeah, get, who exactly. gets hotter? Who gets hotter chicks between you two? Between Ian and Jose? Who? Who? who, who I mean, I don't know. I, I no offense, Jose, but I gotta, I gotta give my my. Uh, I, I probably gotta gotta give me uh, the advantage on that one, man, because I live in Vegas. I don't know how Chicago is over there, but I mean, I don't know. Wow. Ooh. Uh, I see some hot chicks in Vegas. Have a big, I see some hot chicks in Vegas. Vegas. does have a big uh, HIV, you know. Uh, HIV? Uh-oh. 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 is a motherfucker. That's what I call it. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't mess with those girls. I don't, I don't go that far on this trip. All right. Uh, Jose, okay. Jose, I know you have a fiance now, but before then, did you get more pussy than Ian? <laughs> Ah, I'm not going to lie. No, I was really focused on college and graduating, man. That's, that's all I did, sadly. You know, I was definitely uh, focused on college and just getting getting my degree, which I did. And, you know, just, you know I'm turning pro. So I was just focused on one thing, and my fiance was always there by my side helping me out. No. Oh. All right. Listen, guys, you, know, uh, you, you guys are both awesome. I can't wait for this fight. Honestly, you guys, <laughs> you guys are going to have great careers. I mean, just your resumes alone. You should just go there and just give each other the resumes and just <laughs> compare, uh, compare resumes. Kenny, any, anything you want to say about this fight? Nothing, man. You guys, good luck. Get after it. Entertain. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys will do, do your talking in the cage. That's what they're about. Right. Talking yeah. in the cage. Tyler? Yes, yeah. The, 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 a beef this big can only be settled uh, <laughs> with the fist. So That's right. I by, can't wait to see. By the way, there's a thing called tip a fighter, right, where uh, the fans will tip you guys for your fighting uh, and throw money your way. So if you guys should join tip a fighter, uh, a lot of the Titan guys are doing it. Uh, and you can get, make more money that way. So, uh, oh, thank you, man. That's a that's that's a good good looking out, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, where can people find you guys? Um, you can you can yeah, find you me at Ian Luhan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh, you can go. You can go. You can find me on Ian Luhan. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And Jose. And then, uh, yeah. If you can get a hold of me on Twitter, if you yes. can get a hold of me on Twitter. <laughs> and Jose. And then for me, uh, Twitter is Shorty Torres one two five. Uh, Facebook fan page Jose Shorty Torres MMA and Instagram Jose Shorty Torres well good luck guys and uh, I'll, I'll be watching December 18th thank you man hey Jose you know I just uh, thank, thank you guys Jose I appreciate man it's an honor to go in there in the ring with you man thank you and I appreciate MMA roasting man thank you guys. no problem you. man you guys are all legends oh thank you guys For take sure. care thank you guys alright they're now dating alright okay. all right, so uh <laughs> That was that, that was another uh, really heated press conference uh, between these two guys. Woo. Uh, wow. Those guys know how to sell a fight. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the last time we had Anthony Gutierrez and uh, the guy he's fighting, um, uh, Andrew. You that? You have, you yeah, yeah, that? yeah. It was um, a- Andrew, uh, what was his name? And they, they went crazy on each other. Mm-hmm. Like They were going fucking nuts. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanato- Andrew Yates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you get Hanato them there. going more? Like, did we're sort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Hanata Laranja was here. He said something about uh, one of the guy's girlfriends, and the other guy thought it was the no his way. opponent, yeah. and then he just he he went nuts. He wow, went, yeah, he went, he went nuts. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, these things get to go really well. But look, I mean, these guys obviously they have a. Uh, is there a, a, a uh, something wrong with having too much amateur experience? Like, 
could, could that be, could that happen? Well, in some ways, um, I think it, it could be disadvantageous if like you're getting hit a lot. You right. know what I mean? If you have like too many fights, there is such thing as too many fights for sure. But I don't think there's a such thing as maybe having too much experience, if right. you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it gives you the experience without it affecting your pro record. I wish, dude, I wish I had fights prior to me, be, you know, being on the Ultimate Fighter. I had like, I went pro like right off my first bat. I only had like four fights, and you know, it, you're going to make your mistakes early on in your career. So make your mistakes in your amateur record, not on your pro record. Now, uh, some of your fights, uh, one of the, I watched your Lozon fight last night. That, oh, okay. that was a, that was a great fight. That was a great. Fight. That, uh, was, that fun. was that was tough. Uh, Joe's still in there. He's, yeah, he's still, still throwing down. Uh, what fight do you think are you the most proud of, and what do you wish fight do you wish you could do it again? Ah, uh, jeez. You know, I uh, yeah, the, the Gomi fight was cool just because that was the guy that I always looked up to and always wanted to fight. Even like as I was just getting in there, I was you like, killed Man. him. It was all right. I think I fought him maybe at the right time or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was that was a fun fight because that was a guy I always wanted to fight. And then the fight that I wish I could do it again, um, probably like great. I mean, all of them. Every loss I've had. Every loss you've had. Every yeah. I always feel like yeah. Uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier with the Aldo fight, you said that was like the toughest cut. I wanted to ask you, yeah. what's like the craziest fight that you ever went into as far as like uh, where you felt like bad cut or you went in injured or like... Uh, the- I think the scariest one was when I fought Ro- Roger Huerta. I uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I was I was super sick heading to that fight and had some stomach issues uh, right before that fight and... Chlamydia? Um, yeah. Really? Really bad chlamydia. No, no. <laughs> I had, dude, I like my stomach. I was throwing up. I had diarrhea. It was it was not a good scene. And I remember just being like, please just let me get through the first round. And it was, it was a heated fight. Like, like uh, you know, it was a very important fight. Obviously, Roger Huerta, he was undefeated. It, he was, you know, yeah, you kind ruined of a big him, thing man. in the yeah. UFC. What and, happened to that guy? Did you yeah. take his soul? Yeah, or what? I, I guess. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> it was such an important fight for me to win that. Like, I wanted to win that so bad. And I was so sick. And um, I remember just being like, just let me go five minutes. Just, I, I can't lose in the first round. I just, Did I felt that bad. Did it on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Did that fuel you a little no, bit? No, not really. I, I just, so when we were doing our PR, PR tour, um, the PR person that was with us with the UFC had gotten off from the table and it was just Roger and I, and Roger sat down and kind of very confidently, well, I'd say cocky looked over to me and he goes, man, I'm renegotiating my contract with the UFC. So sorry, I'm going to have to hurt you when we fight. Oh, and, he put a- a, and he put his hand out to shake my hand. Like, Hey man, sorry. I, you know, I have to, I have to kick your ass. You know, I'm negotiating with the UFC and I got to prove that, I'm the best. So so I just laughed and I just shook his hand. I was like, yeah, man, you got to do what you got to do. So for me, in my head, that was the little seed that he planted where I was uh, like, I will not lose this individual. You should have like, if yeah. you didn't feel well, you should have been like, <laughs> and then give uh, exactly, like, like exactly. Now, so, yeah. now, one of your fights, I don't know which one it was. It was after you fought, you went, we finished fights at 155. Like, like you were, like you turned yeah, to the Yeah, it was after, it was after um, Alvin Robinson uh, it was, was a great judoka, right? Yeah, he was a good he was a good wrestler actually. Good wrestler, good wrestler yeah. jujitsu guy. And it was right after my fight with it was one of the 
first fights after I fought Sean Shirk. I fought Mishima, and then I fought like Alvin Robinson. And Sean Shirk had fought that day as well, and it was a really boring five-round ah. fight. And I actually went on, I think, after the main event or something crazy. I think it was after Anderson Silva beat Nate Marquardt. And I was just like pissed because I was waiting all day. I went on last, and it was like the only one of the few times in the UFC where I there was a fight that happened after the main event. And uh, I was so pissed off, and I was just like, if you guys want to see fights finish, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't sound like the Hulk. It was more like, I finished fights. No, no way, man. If you want to see yeah, fights no, finish no, at 155. Fuck that. It sounded pretty oh, cool, It sounded man. like Mickey Mouse, dude. I was like, this dude, no, I remember this, that. Dude <laughs> wants to, this dude wants to finish fights. Do you, do you ever like, uh, uh, like after you're banging Clark, you go, I finished Clark. <laughs> do, do you ever do that or no? I, I would do that. <laughs> I haven't done that yet. No, you no, should do that. I, yeah, it's not a bad she idea. She might look at you like, "What the fuck right, are you doing?" Exactly. Why are you yelling? And that was the last time I saw my wife. <laughs> yeah. I've been a supermodel, <laughs> motherfucker. God. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, I would do that. That'd be amazing. Maybe. Now, uh, the, the shirk fight, right? Was the blood coming from you or him? Him, dude. I, I, I cut him with an elbow. Razor sharp. Elbows. It was insane. I, I must have drank a, a good amount of blood. And it was in actually the next day. So I had taken like two showers. I took one right after the fight at the arena. And I took another one when I got to my room. And the next day I found blood like crusted up in my <laughs> eyelid. I found it inside oh. my ear. Did you it drink so disgusting. much blood that you tested positive steroids? Yeah, I actually felt like oh. very, yeah, I had like a hard on. I felt very muscular for like a couple days. But then, yeah, it wore off once Sean Shirk's blood got out of me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sean Shirk, man, there's a guy that like, uh, he... He at one point was looking like one of the best of all time, and then he just yeah. disappeared. Yeah, one of the best all time bodybuilders of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was ridiculous. Then, yeah, I think he had a lot of injuries, and you know, I think he was in a time. I, who knows? But <laughs> who knows? Speculation <laughs> would would indicate that he was on some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, what do you think yeah. about that? I mean, a lot of guys say that it's an advantage. Some guys say, well, they usually mentally, they, they, they are weak because they're taking stuff. Right. Or I would say it's absolutely an advantage. You know, if I could train, if I could put more hours in than you, that's the huge advantage. I think with, with performance enhancing drugs is that if you're training four hours a day, right, that's a good amount. If I'm training eight hours a day and you start accumulating that over a week, two weeks, a month, several months, a couple years, how many more hours of training did I get in than you? A lot more. Hell of a lot more. Yeah. So, and my recovery is better than you now. And yeah. now my rest is better than you. And now mentally I feel like a beast because I know I put that A lot of those guys it. over from Japan who came over, they haven't had the same careers no. they were having in the, in Definitely. the US. Definitely. And know? then you take that away and now mentally now they're like, oh shit, I, I didn't feel that same way. I don't feel that same aggression maybe. I, I don't know. But I think it's absolutely a huge, huge advantage. You know, and it, it's great that now... Uh, in the UFC, they have random testing. I think it's going to be a big difference. Hey, uh, before we talk to Ray Borg, I want to thank our sponsors, D-Cypher, D-I-Cypher. It's the lifestyle firm. It's a lifestyle firm designed to help you reach your full potential through personal coaching. Everyone needs a personal coach, and uh, everyone can benefit from feedback and outside perspective. So call today at one 731 coach and book your free coaching session. That's one 731 2622 If you sign up and use the code ROASTED, you get 10% off. Also, American Icon Autographs, A-I-A-S-E dot com, the best sports and celebrity memorabilia and events. Past signings have included Fedor, Sakuraba, Rampage, Big Nog, Hoist Gracie, Marlouis Conan, and more. 
A-I-A-S-E.com. The guy's name is Sean. He is a great, great guy. Also, tip a fighter. Listen, fighters are getting screwed left and right. We were just talking over the break over some of these fights. Fighters, a guy like, uh, you know, these guys go from being on the ultimate fighter, losing a couple fights. Now they're in kind of regional fights. These fighters need money, all right? So now this is a new company, Bubba Jenkins started, where we could actually pay these fighters, give them some more money, make them happier. Trust me, I do comedy. I sell merchandise after a show. There's so many times people just hand me a 50 or hand me a hundred bucks. I'm like, shit, thank you. Thank you very much. This is awesome. So uh, we can do the same for fighters. Now, a fighter that we are calling right now is this guy, Ray Borg. He, uh, he's nine and one, ranked number 13 in the world. And uh, he's a pretty badass fighter. He's uh, out of Albuquerque, but he's not at Greg Jackson's. He's at a different one. And he says that the guys at his gym are better than the guys at Greg Jackson's, uh, which is kind of a weird statement considering they have John Jones <laughs> and some other champions. But fuck it. I like his confidence. Uh, let's talk to Ray Borg right now. Hello? Hey, Ray Borg. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Kenny Florian, as well as Tyler Bowe. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. You're nine and one. Uh, you, your first fight in the UFC, you took on 15 days' notice against Dustin Ortiz, uh, which you, I actually thought you won that fight. I think uh, Kenny was calling that fight, right? Yeah. I think you thought he won also. Yeah. Uh, he, he's Ray. I just gotta say, man, I, I'm a big fan of your work, dude. I, I love the way you fight. Your your nonstop action. And I guess just for me, my own curiosity, where does that mentality come from? Because you're just, you're always, it seems like you're seeking that finish, man. Um, You know, uh, by the way, thanks, man. I appreciate the, the love and support. I'm a big fan of yours, too. But um, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of have this this thing inside me to where I, I don't really like to go three rounds. I mean, I, I can very easily if I have to, but. I like to just go in there, make my money, and then go home. And it's just like a, a thing I've developed from like a very, very young age, to where I'm just, I'm just always, always eager for that finish and eager to to put on an exciting fight. You don't get paid by the minute. <laughs> now, I was right. actually, I was actually reading about you yesterday while I was taking a dump. Uh, <laughs> I had my. That's very sweet, Adam. No yeah. problem. I, <laughs> I had my Fighters Only magazine, and they had a whole spread about you. Uh, and I was like, I'm like, I got I, I was actually. Learning some cool stuff about you. First of all, uh, you um, you started MMA because you were 15 years old and there was no wrestling team, right? And you were like, I want to wrestle and there's no team in my school? Yeah, yeah, um, pretty much. I went to like a really small hillbilly school with like 15. I graduated with like 15 kids and they barely had enough for six-man football and much less a full wrestling team. Where Now, where was this? This was in uh, San Juan, New Mexico. It's like on the border of New Mexico and Texas. So there were, 15, there were 16 kids in your school? No, 16 kids that I graduated oh, with. Oh, wow. Kinder, kindergarten through 12th grade, there was 200 kids. Wow, this is some school. Uh, <laughs> so there was, there was no wrestling team. How many kids were in your, how many people were in your town? Um. Well, the, the town of San Juan, uh, it's like, a, it's, I don't even think it's, you can call it a town. It's like a village, but uh, I don't. I'm not sure what the population there was. But I actually lived in a town about 20 minutes away called Tucumcari, New Mexico, and uh, I, I just went to school in San Juan because it was a it was a better school system than the school that was in Tucumcari. Now they call you the Taz Mexican Devil. 
the tax <laughs> they call you the the, the Taz Mexican Devil, which I think is probably the greatest uh, nickname. Uh, that you, to, to, right, to Taz Mexican. Yeah, that, how I love cool. it. Now, um, now you, I, I had also read while taking a dump that you were you were <laughs> you you were homeless for a while. You were living on couches. Yeah, b- before I had bought Nick Urso on the Legacy card, uh, I uh, you know. I, I didn't really, I kind of gave up having a job or anything like that to, to train full time as a full time pro fighter. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of money before you're in the UFC. So, yeah, I was living on pretty much from couch to couch and all my, t- my teammates would let me stay with them and stuff. So it was, you know, it was rough. Now, this, um, this fight against Nick Urso, uh, you, 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 you had said that the, you were, Nick Urso is this big guy over at Jackson's camp. They were putting a lot of hype behind him. You belong to the other gym, right? There's another gym in uh, Albuquerque that you. It's kind of like the. Is it kind of like how in Dodgeball, uh, that movie Dodgeball, they have like Jackson's is like Ben Stiller's gym, Globo and, gym, the Globo are you, gym. Are you, yeah. us, are you calling us Average Joe's gym? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that how it is? Kind of in Albuquerque, you belong to Average Joe's. We are very much average Joe's gym, yes. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood, Ray. <laughs> no, no. So, now, now, but you had beat Nick Urso, and that, that was a big upset, right? Yeah, well, you know, for people, and people in the New Mexico scene knew that it wasn't going to be an upset, but apparently to everybody at Jackson's MMA, they, it was a huge upset. No one, everyone thought Nick Urso was just going to run through me, but, you know, that, that's not how it happened. So, and that, uh, you beat him yeah. in the second round, right? I mean, you 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 uh, tapped him. Yeah, yeah, I submitted him in the second round. So you submit Nick Urso, and then and then the night, then like third, like what is it? Thirty seconds later, you get the call to be in the UFC. Yeah, well, it was like fifteen minutes. Well, my coach had told me after the fight. He goes, "Hey, so not to, I didn't want to tell you this before the fight because I don't want your mind to be off and stuff." But Sean Shelby had called before the fight and had asked if you were a free agent. And my coach Tom Vaughn told him yes. And right after he told me that, I you know I went and said hi to my family. And about 15 minutes later, when I go to the back to get the rest of my stuff, he tells me, "Hey, Sean Shelby just called and asked if you wanted to fight Dustin Ortiz in two weeks." That's so awesome. you know, like it was it was a crazy amount of emotions. I you know I cried, and then I was like, "Hell yeah, let's do it!" Nice, nice, nice. And then you, I mean, you pretty much won that fight. Uh, even even by getting the loss, you still I think. Showed everyone like who the hell is this guy? Uh, you've won your last uh, three or four fights. Your last fight against Chris Kalades, you uh, finished a Kimura from half guard, which I, I think yeah. is like pretty rare, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It can, it, yeah, I mean, it can be it can be tough to finish from there, but uh, Ray's not. Not your average grappler at all, man, dude. Yeah, like, first of all, it, what's so impressive about Ray is, you know, not only his grapple, but it's his ability to just never stop. Like, you don't stop moving, dude. You are always trying to advance your position. And, uh, you know, as far as your rear naked choke, I think it's maybe one of the best in the UFC. Yeah, I, I you know, I, uh, I feel like I present a very different style of grappling than, than anybody. A lot of people were telling me that, you know, that as far as my nickname, if I was a bigger person, you know, I'm not much of like a superhero kind of guy or like Marvel and stuff, but they told me my nickname should be the juggernaut for a while because like, <laughs> I guess the juggernaut, once he gets momentum going, you know, there's no stopping him. And that that's the same thing as my grappling style is once I build up some momentum and I start to open up these scrambles and I start, you know, 
moving on people, then it's it's just nonstop. And that, that Kamora from half guard actually sucked for me because that split, I'm not as flexible as what I used to be when I was younger, when I was like 15. So I was in, I just kind of, I knew that it was close to the end of the fight. And I was like, you know what? Those those $50,000 bonuses are pretty cool. I'm going to try and get one at the last minute. Ray, so who's like, who's been the guy that really has been your mentor as far as your uh, jiu-jitsu or, or uh, grappling game? Um, well, right now it's Tom Vaughn. He's a, he's my jujitsu coach. He's, you know, very, very, a very good jujitsu coach. But where I got my style from is I, in Chukun Terry, I trained with this guy named Abel Colum. Abel Colum, you know, he was, yeah. he was, he's been, he's been known. He fought in dream. He fought Wilson. He's like the first Indian XB belt. And I, I got my, my grappling ability and style from him. We, 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 we talked about him on the show before. They said that, uh, I forgot who it was. So that Abel Colum was on their like was on their uh, was on their flight, and he had like a cowboy hat and like a big. He's like from Alaska or something, or and he goes around going, "I'm Abel Colum," to everyone on like on like the airplane. He was telling everyone that his name was Abel Colum, right? Right. Uh, he does wear a cowboy hat, but I had no clue that he did that. <laughs> he was, but he said, it, I forgot who it was. They said he was like the nicest guy ever. Uh, that he was going around telling everyone his name was Abel Cullum on like the airplane, introducing himself to everybody on the flight. They were saying how <laughs> they were saying how 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 nice of a guy he was. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Now, uh, now they always say when you're fighting that you're so good at getting people's backs. Now, when you're hooking up with chicks, are you just the man at anal because you're so good at getting behind them and just slipping it in? No, no, I, I guess so. I mean, I've never, I guess you could say, I've never experienced. You, you can always tell to Adam jiu-jitsu. to shut the hell up if you want. Or, I, I've never taken jujitsu off the mat. I imagine if, you know, if they came to that point in the bedroom, I would more my instincts would take over, and I think in a rear naked choke. I guess you could say. Okay, all right. Okay, that's that's not good. Then maybe it's that's good. I'm just saying it would seem like you'd be a natural for doggy style because you're able to get people's backs so quickly and just kind of like they wouldn't even know what's going on. And you know, and, and who knows? Probably very enjoyable for the girls you're with. Do you do you have a, do you have a girlfriend or no? Yeah, I do. Oh, now, how long have you had a girlfriend for? Uh, two years. Nice. And well, where, did you meet her at Average Joe's? I did meet her at Average Joe's. <laughs> nice. That's what you guys always say. The guys in the show, they go, yeah, I'm, I was helping some girl train. Next thing you know, if I have a girlfriend, she's never joining a jiu-jitsu gym because <laughs> it seems like you guys are fucking savages, right? How did, that, how did this happen? Uh, well, she, uh, we ended up talking. I was, uh, I was Facebook creeping on her. <laughs> You know the good old good old fashioned Facebook creep, and then uh, we 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 talked about fighting a lot because she was she was originally from like a small gym here in Albuquerque, and then she had told me that she wanted to be a you know professional fighter someday, so she started training at our gym. Right. Now now you said that your gym is better than Jackson's gym. Uh, I don't remember saying that, but yeah, I'll t- I'll, t- I'll I'll go ahead and say it now. Yeah. No, no, that you said that you guys match up. A pound for pound. Now, how is that possible, though? Because I mean, they have John Jones there. They have all. They have all these guys in the UFC there. I mean, I mean, I know you're the, in the, the UFC. Way, yeah, the the way I see it is um, the reason why I think we like. I guess you could say pound for pound beat Jackson is because you know Jackson has all these superstars and all that, but only like three of them are actually from Albuquerque. Every that's I guess you could say that's why we're you know we can be considered as average Joe's gym because. Everybody at our gym is your typical, you know, Albuquerque hood type person. Everybody comes to fight. So I, you know, I feel like Jackson just kind of has all these 
you know, in, like immigrated superstars who are, were already someone before they came to Jackson's and then everyone's hyping them up to be, you know, Albuquerque right. representing and stuff like that. That makes sense. Kenny, do you, do you understand what he's saying? Yes. You, you you train at Jackson's, right? I've never been actually. I've never been at Jackson's. Um, never never seen. But obviously, you know, both gyms are, are very impressive, man. Tom Vaughn and what he's done with all his guys. You know, Carlos Condit used to train with Tom Vaughn for a little while. Right, while right, and, right. Uh, there have been a bunch of guys that have worked with with Tom Vaughn, and uh, he always he's one of those guys that doesn't say very much, but in the corner, you know that whatever he says, he means, and it's very important. And uh, you know, obviously, you look at guys like Ray Borg. He's he's done an unbelievable job. So Ray, who do you want yeah, to? Fu- Tom, uh, go on. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, go I was just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, Tom Vaughn's an excellent coach, and uh, he is one person who wears a fanny pack that you probably don't want to mess with. <laughs> yeah, do not make fun of the fanny pack. Yeah. Now, Ray, who do you yeah. want? Uh, who do you want to fight next, Ray? Um, I want I want to fight anybody in the top ten who's gonna move me forward. I'm I'm really game. I'm really game to fight anybody. If I had to call out a specific name. It'd probably be like Wilson Heath or John Moraga. Those are two two fun fights for me. Right. So you're gonna beat those guys. Why? Let's 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 talk some major shit so we can get some hits on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll, I I see myself beating any of them because Wilson Heath has a glass jaw. So all you kind of have to do is just you know just whisper to him and he'll probably <laughs> be unconscious. Uh, John Moraga, John Moraga is just like your average basic fighter who just likes to throw everything behind every punch. And I, I feel like just him being so basic, I'll just completely destroy him. I love it. I love this. I love this kid's confidence, man. Uh, and he, he backs it up. Uh, you got a hot chick. Uh, you're, you're, you're on fire, man. Now, are you able to sustain your living through fighting now, or do you have to work a part-time job? No, I, uh, I, that's one of the, the nice benefits of being in the UFC is now I can just focus completely on training in my career and not have to have a, a side job in order to support myself. Nice. Well, listen, Ray, it was an honor to have you on the show. Uh, I'm a big fan. Keep up the great work. Uh, Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, that was Ray Bork. I like that kid. He's he's a confident dude, man, and I, I lo- really do love watching him fight, man. He he's nonstop, you know, for a guy who comes from a grappling based kind of style of mixed martial arts. He's one of those guys that will, you, he'll never disappoint. You know, he he's he gets the fight to the mat, and he's never stopping. He's just looking for that submission every single time. I feel I feel like there's guys that approach this as a sport, and there's guys that approach this as a fight, right? And I mean, they're both, I mean, you're, I would say definitely a strategist, you're a, an intelligent fighter, but you also, you're a gamer, but there's guys that there's are those guys that just come in like, just like it's a fight. Like, like, right. I feel like the Diaz brothers, those dudes, they just th- like, if you said like, do they approach it as a sport? They'd be like, fuck no, it's man. A lifestyle right. for them. Right. Uh, who do you, who do you like, by the way, uh, Nate Diaz or Michael Johnson? <sighs> you know, this is a tough one, man. Both guys are awesome. Um, I think here's the problem. Nate Diaz, um, as good and as tough as he is, and he still might win this fight. I just think that Michael Johnson has a little bit more tools on the feet. He's evolved more? He's evolved more. I think Nate Diaz is way better on the mat than Michael Johnson is. I just think Michael Johnson is a better striker as it is right now because of his utilization of, of footwork and kicks. And Nate Diaz 
both Diaz brothers, they haven't thrown as many kicks. And I think if they did integrate more kicks, their game would be so much better. They'd be so much more dangerous. Now, Nate might go in there and start throwing kicks. And you might be a new Nate Diaz. But from the typical Nate Diaz that we've seen, um, you know, he, he tends to rely mostly on his hands. And his hands are freaking good. They're very, very good. He's got a long-ass reach for the division, which is going to give Michael some problems. I just think that if in this game, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Wow. That's true. In every game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, a lot of people go, do you think Ronda, like I was one of the guys who called the fight with Ronda. I said, this girl's good, Holly. And I, 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 I knew I had inside information on how bad Ronda's camp was going and all the distractions. Mm, yeah, so it was I like, heard. Yeah. That was, a, that was, to me, it was like kind of a, not a no brainer, but I was like, okay, this is the, the stars are aligning. And now looking back in hindsight, having that horrible game plan of trying to box with right. a world champion boxer. Right. Now everyone keeps asking me, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think there'll be a rematch? I think Ronda could win a rematch if she leaves GFC, goes to a, a Jacksons, yeah. or well, she won't go to Jacksons, but if she goes to a, a you know TriStar right. or even an AKA or you know American Top Team. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on all this? Um, I, I don't know. I did hear the same thing that she did have a very tough camp. That there were a lot of distractions, a lot of things going on. Um. I don't know how she is trained. I, I, I have spoken with Edmund Tarverdian. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a good striking coach. Um, but for MMA, it's different. And I think that uh, it, I don't know exactly what the, what, what the deal is with her. But I do know that there are a lot of things that you need to do to prepare for a mixed martial arts fight. And you can't just go in there and get boxing training and just do judo or takedowns and expect to go out there and win at a high level these days. That That's old school training. And um, for Ronda, she's a phenomenal athlete. She has a lot of things going on. And I think that perhaps with all the information that she got, with everyone saying, you know, that like, oh, you're the best. And everyone tells you that repeatedly, you start to kind of maybe believe that. And, and maybe – she became a victim it's of good her thing own you never had kind that of fame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had a family that always told me I sucked, so it was great. They kept me in check all the time. So I, I was always, you know, uh, in check with reality. But, you know, that's the thing. You, you never you never believe how bad you are. You never believe how good you are. And, and that's that's the thing. What you, would you your advice wanted. be for her? Like, Kenny Florian is now... She needs to work. She needs to work footwork. I would have her work her footwork for maybe eight months straight. What about double legs? Another fight. Double legs too, for sure. But also, you got to be able to cut off the cage. And she wasn't placing her feet in the right, uh, in the right way. She wasn't moving her feet in the right way. She wasn't cutting off the cage in the right way. Ronda has. She's blessed with natural power. She hits hard. You know what I mean. I think at one point she kind of rocked Holly with with one of the shots. I think that. The difference really more than anything else was the footwork of Holly Holm. Everyone talks about the hands and the boxing. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It was the footwork that's the difference. If you have shitty footwork, you're not going to lay your hands on anybody. You can have the best hands in the world. If you don't have good feet, you don't have good distance control, if you don't have proper uh, understanding of range, you're never going to hit anybody. And that was the difference. I mean, Ronda looks great in pads, but when you're standing still and hitting pads, anyone can look good. And and I think for, for Ronda... Um, you know, I think she wasn't evolving as much as she should have. And the other thing is everyone, everyone looked at Holly's first two fights in the UFC and she didn't look good. That's the reality. You can only judge a fighter on what you've seen. And Holly didn't look great in those first two fights. Although and I was I think, at the second one. Were you there? Yeah, Did you call yeah, the second one? Yeah, I called one? the second one, yeah. I thought that she looked better in the second one than she did against Raquel. 
But I also think that um, she she does enough to win, right? Or even if she doesn't look great, she, she and she doesn't have that 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 factor of I have to impress. And that's right. that's I think, I think it's a benefit for fighters sometimes because yeah. they don't feel like they have to they don't do make stupid moves, put themselves in shitty situations. Right. But you know, at the same time, like if you're going to decision and no offense to Raquel Pennington, but if you're going to decision against Raquel Pennington and it was a close fight, and now you're fighting Ronda Rousey, who has been taking women out left and right in under yeah. a minute. It's kind of hard to predict that you're yeah, going to yeah, yeah. beat Ronda yeah. Rousey and that you're going to knock out Ronda Rousey. Right. So prior to her coming in, yeah, we were all hearing this was the girl that maybe could beat Ronda. And I was very excited. And I saw the first fight go, okay, maybe she was just nervous. And then the second fight, I saw I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if she had it mentally. Obviously, we were all wrong, or I was wrong anyway. Now, and Holly's a beast. And you, I don't think— uh, would, you, would you recommend that Ronda leaves that camp? I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know how Edmund trains Ronda. I really don't. I, I don't know enough information about that. If But based on Shayna Baszler going 0-2, right. Jessamyn Duke going 0-2, Travis Brown going 1-1, uh, Manny Gambarian winning a fight but looking like almost right. losing that one fight, and now Ronda, right. I mean, based on that, would you say, you know what, maybe it's time to mix it up? It, it might be time for her to, to, to mix it up. And, and I like Edmund, and it's a hard thing to say, but um, it looked like she didn't do the proper preparation to fight a southpaw. And with those other people um, who are involved with the camp, they haven't had the best showing. So I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, mixed martial arts is always evolving. And, and if you're not doing the latest uh, kind of things, the latest technology, you're not up to par with what's going on out there in today's MMA – you're going to be left behind pretty quickly. You could have been a lawyer. You know that, right? You, you would have been a, you would have been a great lawyer. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know, I was, I was going to go that politician, route. Politician, you think I'd become a politician? I, who knows? Maybe I'll be president some, someday. Uh, I, I would vote for you. Thank I, you. I vote for vote. Thank you. Vote for uh, Flo. That, that said, how do you think the game has changed since you've left uh, or since you haven't been fighting? Oh, it's been huge. Uh, I think that, first of all, the, the training methods have changed a tremendous amount. Um, the way that, people prepare needs to be different it's changing you know i feel like it should be changing every kind of six months people need to be integrating new yeah. things because i i think even integrating old techniques we're seeing that now people are kind of recycling moves you're seeing guys that now come from we're seeing capoeira which was considered uh you know totally useless in mixed martial arts now yeah. you see conor mcgregor using capoeira techniques and guys doing cartwheel kicks who would have thrown a cartwheel kick back in 1993 <laughs> no one it would be like that's useless, Shoney but Carter. now so so these new these techniques that you're not prepared for are becoming extremely dangerous and useful because guys are believing in them and they're integrating in, into their overall mixed martial arts style and game, and you, you have to be constantly upgrading your technology all the time, doing new weapons. If you're still out there shooting bows and arrows, and the other dude's got a forty five. You're in trouble, man. But how do you? But what do yeah. you think about uh -huh. like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, a double leg's a double leg, and a, and a right. a jab and a cross is always going to be an effective tool if it it's is. used. Yeah, but tell here's us, the uh, thing. Look at Hoist Gracie. Yeah, and, you know. and here's the other thing. If I have a machine gun and I got the best damn machine gun and I'm a great shot, yeah, and I know that I'm going to meet you at twelve o'clock at this particular space and you're going to be in front of me, you're dead. But if you show up maybe at 11.58 and you're hiding around the corner and I'm looking for your ass and you come up from behind and shoot me, 
I'm in trouble. So it comes down to being as sneaky as possible and mixing up your patterns. If I know, no matter how much or how good you are, if I understand the patterns of how you move and where you're going to be and what you like to do, there's a way to beat you. You've read The Art of War, haven't you? <laughs> and the key, the key is being completely unpredictable can, in the way you fight. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, and that, that's the key is being is unpredictable. You know, and there's, there's, and that's what's so interesting about this Jose Aldo Conor McGregor fight is that McGregor, unpredictable. You have no idea what the hell he's going to do next. Jose Aldo, you know exactly what he's going to do, but you can't stop it. But do you think that this his, is what do you think his leg is open for leg kicks all day? Yeah, Connor. Yes, yeah. and and he's not going to be able to block it. He, he's going to have to get Aldo out of there early. He's going to have to pressure him, eat those leg kicks a little bit, and make him pay for it. Um, and it's it's not going to be pretty. It's it's eye opening, literally, when Jose Aldo hits you for the first time with his leg. Now, John Jones is now uh, deadlifting 600 pounds. Right. Uh, there's videos. I mean, he, he's replaced Coke with weights. Uh, he's actually, I, I saw him actually snorting a barbell recently. I mean, he's, he's huge right. now. He can uh, lift so many grams. Uh, yes, exactly. He, he's, do you, I mean, people are saying he's going to be so much more dangerous. Right. But his speed was a big factor in all right. his fights. And right. I, I'm starting to think maybe he's going to get slower being that he's now just becoming... You never know. Listen, this is what Cormier is saying now. Yeah, yeah. And Cormier is my buddy. And listen, that would be so nice and perfect <laughs> if John Jones was getting stronger, but he's getting slower. But we all know that that is not always the case. This isn't the 1980s where people don't know about how to get strong and get fast. When have you ever time. seen a guy... Like, like even like Frank Mir, right? Like when he remember he came back after Brock. Sure. He 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 kind of was embarrassed by right. Brock, so he came on and, and then he came back as this fucking sure uh, different Frank Mir. But eventually, I don't know how much it really helped. It him. can't affect. It definitely can't affect. But um, we can't confuse muscle with a lack of speed. It doesn't always work out that way, and and it, it depends on how he's training. And maybe he's just putting on weight, and maybe it's something he never did before at all. And now we're just seeing these but crazy getting results. up to two forty, two thirty five. He was never small though. I mean, he he probably walks around like two thirty, two thirty five. He was on a coke diet too, and that, that, <laughs> that that's very trimming. <laughs> You're <laughs> awful. Plus he's black, so he looks smaller. Oh, you know, black is slimming. Okay, but, but so yeah, listen. Listen, guys, uh, that is our podcast today. Uh, this Friday night, I will be at Fresno at the Club One Casino. Uh, and next week, next Tuesday to Sunday, I will be at the Stratosphere Hotel, L.A. Comedy Club, grand opening week. Come down. It's $20 admission and then all you can drink. So $20 to get in. Drink as many drinks as you want. Uh, go to. Uh, also, thank you to Tip a Fighter. Tip a fighter, Kenny. Are you a t are you are you telling people about tip a fighter? Um, no, but I'll help you tell people about tip a fighter. I'm tip a fighter. You. Tip a fighter. Thank you, thank tip you, Kenny. Fighter. I'm telling you, it's it's a really good thing. Fighters can make more money. Actually, a lot of the Invicta girls, girls said she was mm. like it was like uh, she made a, it was like a slot machine. People were just throwing her money. She was a slot machine. No, no, no. Like like <laughs> the money she was getting. The money she was getting. Oh, it was like a okay, slot okay. Machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, no, she she wasn't a a, a, a a slot machine. <laughs> now, uh, also American Icon Autographs a i a s e dot com, the best sports celebrity and events. Trust me, Sean is a great guy. He sponsors a lot of fighters. Sean Jacoby, great, great guy. If you want a really cool celebrity and memorabilia and events and signings, go to him. Also, D Cypher. It's the lifestyle firm, D-I hyphen Cypher. Uh, everyone needs a personal coach. Look, 
Everyone needs a personal coach, and that's a quote from Bill Gates. I would trust what Bill Gates has to say. So di-cipher.com, they, they can benefit fighters. Uh, they can help you pull the trigger, help you with octagon jitters. If you want to reach your full potential inside and outside the cage, call Decipher. They help everyone. So 1-888-731-COACH, 1-888-731-2622. Thank you, Ray Borg. Uh, thank you, Jose Torres. Thank you, Ian. Uh, Ian. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of thanks to everyone. Thank, 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 thank you, Kenny Florian. You. Uh, by the way, I, it's such an honor to have you. I know that you have so much stuff to do. Even if not, you're so busy. You just got back from Korea. You got your chick. Ian Lujan, by the way. Uh, yes, there you go. So uh, thank you for coming out and, uh, and being on, our, on the show. You have it no was, idea. It was your pleasure. Uh, it was my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. and, and Tyler, where, what are you, where are you gonna, coming up? Uh, you guys can check me out on Twitter, at Tyler Bow this weekend, Friday, Saturday. I'm at Junior's um, Comedy Club in Valencia, California. Nice. Thank you, Sideshow Network. Thank you, Big Sean. And uh, take care. Bye. <laughs>